The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Gotham City Gazette, a PapiChuloRadio.com original series, Poppy Chulo Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Monday, March 15th, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on the CW's Batwoman. Please welcome my co-hosts, Millie Wood. Hello, Gotham. And Professor X. Hello, Gotham. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 2, Episode 7, which was titled, It's Best You Stop Digging, and aired March 14th, 2021. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. As Ryan's condition worsens, she questions Batwoman's no-killing code when she realizes the opportunity to avenge her mother is slipping away. Tatiana fills in the gaps for Alice about her time on Coriana and her history with Ocean. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 2. Episode 7, Batwoman was viewed by 593k total viewers with a point one in the demo. Batwoman saw an increase in total viewership and was steady in the demo, which I will say was pretty impressive, in particular because it was Grammys night. And uh, usually award show and that kind of stuff uh, affects um, award shows and like uh, sporting events usually affect series. And and so I was impressed when I saw that it it saw an increase in total viewers. Yeah. Okay, so let's dive into this. We got some interesting intel in this episode. Some of it I feel like was not surprising to either of us. But we also got a little bit of intel that maybe was surprising to some of us, or all of us, who knows. Uh, So let's go into that intel first, because we got flashbacks to Alice and Ocean's Coriana adventure. And it was all courtesy of Tatiana. And basically we learned that they, you know, it wasn't love particularly love at first sight, although maybe there was interest at first sight. It was kind of like a love-hate relationship in the beginning, and then the love-hate kind of turned into love. We saw uh, Alice open up a bit to Ocean. We saw Ocean give Alice, I would say, some pretty good advice about letting go and moving on, letting go of the uh, the revenge that she was that she wanted. We also learned that Ocean was planning on taking some of the Desert Rose away from Coriana. He wanted to escape, even though he was, in essence, um, t- uh, not Tatiana, um, Sophia's uh, right hand man, and uh, he wanted to take Alice with him, and he wanted to start a new life with her. There was smoochy smoochies and all that kind of stuff, and they were caught by Tatiana, who was uh, Sophia's right-hand woman, 
and she's also got a thing for her. And we learned what exactly happened. They had a hypnotist, Enigma, in essence, uh, remove the memories of what they planned to do, the memories of each other, of Alice and Ocean. And uh, this Enigma person also, in essence, rewrote Alice's motivation. So this Enigma person turned Alice into this stone-cold killer that just wanted revenge on her family and would end up forming her own army and she would be her own queen in Gotham. So it's, it was a lot of information. It was presented to us not in a like a straightforward flashback kind of way where you know we got all the pieces together. We were flashing to other storylines and that sort of thing. So a couple of questions. That, that I want to discuss it since we're discussing this section first. Number one, what did we think of it? We got some confirmation to stuff that we had been theorizing, and uh, we also got a little bit of a nod to the comic books as well. So was, was any of this surprising? Um, number two, would we have preferred to have seen this as its own episode? Like, we have seen uh, Batwoman and other of the CW series go into the past for an entire episode? Would it, would it have been a, a bit more maybe captivating or interesting or just a, a little bit better maybe had it been the entire episode that was just the flashback to get a, a greater sense of the journey? Or was this enough? Was this just the information that we needed? Um, let's start off with Millie. In terms of if it would have been better in like a, a standalone episode, I don't I feel for me that it was, we predicted a lot of it, and so I think for that to be dragged out in a whole episode wasn't necessary, so I like how they kind of made it the beeline, so it kind of pushed the episode forward, but we didn't have to spend enough time, because, I mean, we get the gist of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. jealousy, some love, like, there wasn't, if there was a twist and turn, maybe it would have been great, but I think this was just enough for us to understand, but there wasn't much connection, but I don't think putting it in a whole episode would have changed. I think it would have just kind of been like a, you know, a filler episode, as you mm-hmm. would say. Um, so I like how they, it was kind of quick and we were able to kind of interact it with other things there um, in in that sense. Okay. Okay. Professor, what about you? Your take on uh, how the story was presented and your take on the story sort of period. Well, I think, I think, Tying it into uh, the Ryan story was good. I think maybe if, you know, we're still only, what, four episodes into Ryan's run as a Batwoman. So for them to abandon her for an entire episode would have been a little weird. Uh, and also having Alice find out about her background um, at the same time as uh, uh, as Ryan is dealing with the kryptonite poisoning, I think, you know, uh, gave them a nice denouement together. Uh, that we would have lacked if they'd done the whole thing, you know, in, in as a, a single episode flashback. So overall, I think it worked out well. I'm glad they gave uh, they made, you know, Alice the A story and uh, and Ryan the B story. Um, I think that worked out well uh, in terms of, as Millie said, you know, most of what we found out uh, was stuff that we theorized before. Um, I did, you know, I did find it interesting that, you know, they did introduce the idea that 
uh, Alice has been hypnotized to be basically be Alice. Um, uh, now, you know, you can't actually hypnotize someone to do something they don't want to do, but you can perhaps <laughs> accentuate those things. Um, but it does sort of give her an out. We've talked a lot about the possibility of redemption arcs for Alice. Everything she's done, you know, uh, how can you come back from that? Well, if it turns out you weren't in your right mind, um, that someone was, you know, uh, had hypnotized you to be like that, it gives you a little bit of an out. Um, and I think it's, it's interesting that by the end of the arc, uh, you know, Alice knows what has happened to her and that someone has been playing her. So I think that will call into question, you know, whether she's actually, you know, going back to Coriana for, uh, for revenge on Kate. So overall, I thought it was, you know, filling in some stuff that I liked. I didn't like the fact that Sophia basically had the, uh, the spurned lover trope, uh, to, uh, to Alice that, uh, oh, you, you loved him and not me. So therefore I'm going to do this evil thing. And, you know, Sophia, you know, I think she should be a more rounded character than that. She, she came across sort of like, you know, Riverdale level, uh, maturity, uh, as opposed to, you know, the, the queen of an Island. Um, but yeah, it did fill in a lot of, of backstory explaining about the Rose, uh, you know, the, uh, the relationship between her and ocean, um, so, yeah, overall, I thought it worked well. It gave us a lot of, of good backstory on Alice. I'm wondering whether this is what they planned on doing last year, or whether these are changes that they've done now. Uh, but I think it, it does set up Alice to be a much more interesting character going forward, particularly if, if Ryan is going to be partially sidelined because of you know, the poisoning situation, then that will allow them to, to spend more time uh, with and on Alice and her arc. Uh, which, you know, doesn't seem like, you know, it doesn't seem to me like Sophia is going to be a season long arc anymore, uh, as we were sort of expecting at the beginning of the season. So overall, I, I liked it and I thought they gave it about the right amount of time. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with both of your points. Um, I, I think had they had more time, because I do think we're only getting 13 episodes um, or at least around there. Uh, they probably would have done an entire episode of this. Based off of the information that we got, I think it being sort of condensed as uh, you know, just a, a storyline in a regular episode kind of worked best. It did confirm a lot of what we were speculating, a lot of the stuff that we had already discussed. What I thought was kind of fascinating was that I think we, we all of us, sort of just uh, came under the assumption that it was a sort of love at first sight type of situation and the fact that it wasn't and they really didn't reveal any sort of feelings for each other until towards the end uh, was interesting because it was it was kind of like the build-up I mean they clearly had chemistry and the actors have chemistry so it worked for me um, I thought the hypnosis while it did give us a reason to sort of fully understand how Alice went from zero to a billion. Um, it 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 is in line, kind of, with the comic books, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I didn't mind that because I feel like that's literally the only way we can fix the Alice problem. If we are gonna keep Rachel Scarston on for the long term, she cannot be a villain. Because it's going to make our bat people look stupid. It's going to make the crows look stupid. As if they don't already. It's going to make GCPD look stupid. Why is this villain still out there? And let's say we get to like season 7. And Alice is still a villainous threat to the damn city. It's just going to be ridiculous. So this is, 
their way out. And I do remember the professor saying, oh, it's just going to be so dumb. And I'm paraphrasing. If, uh, if Alice's salvation is love, if it's her love for ocean is what's going to redeem her and this, that, or the other. And they didn't do that. It's like they heard you professor so in essence she was brainwashed she was programmed hypnotized whatever you want to call it they have a flower that can cure everything in the damn planet so i guess i can buy that she was hypnotized into becoming an emotionless um kind of mirror for sophia and that sort of thing um so the thing is she's gonna have to in essence get deprogrammed i guess And, and that's how we get um, pre, well, I don't know what we called her, because she was calling herself Alice, so I can't call her Beth. But we can get sort of like the pre-murderous Alice. Uh, yeah, we can get her back, uh, which might be kind of interesting. Um, I do wonder if they're going to go the route of she has to get deprogrammed, or somehow she's able to break free herself, you know, now that she's made sort of, she's cognizant of that fact. Uh, okay, so... We talked in general about the the flashbacks. What do we think of the vehicle in which we got the flashbacks? Because we got a lot of Tatiana. We got some snark. We got a whole lot of snark from Rachel Scarston. There was a little moment where there was something in her way, and she almost bumped into it. And then she did she did it in a very Alice kind of way, and it just it made me laugh. The moment where um, where Tatiana was like. Uh, oh, and this, that, or the other, and then uh, it was like the her big shocking moment, and then Alice was like, really? You know, I found my mom's head in the freezer. Like, you, that's supposed to shock me? But then later on, Tatiana did end up getting her Shakespearean twist. The, the writing, I thought, was really good. What did we think of uh, Alice and Tatiana together? Millie? I liked it. It was interesting to see that dynamic, and I agree the writing was, like, the snark of everyone was super on point this week, and I really enjoyed it. Um, it added a good bit of laugh, some pain that was also being experienced. Um, I, I think there's a lot more to Tatiana that we're not told. I mean, the fact that, I don't know, she's like seems like Sophia's right-hand person or something like that. So um, I like how we get this little bit of interjection. We clearly know that she knows quite a bit, so I like how there's this mysteriousness to her. Um, I do think that but Rachel played off of her really well. Um, I agree. The head thing was just like total craziness and then just Alice off the hinge. I feel like in a way Tatiana kind of brings that out of her as well. So it's kind of fun to see that dynamic. Yeah, I agree. Professor, what about you? Your take on how they used Tatiana in this episode? Well, I mean, she was basically there as an exposition dump. Um, and, you know, just because they, they did most of the exposition with her handcuffed to a ladder, uh, you know, really limited her uh, ability to move around or, or do much with that. But that just kind of, you know, she became a foil for, you know, Rachel Scarston, who was, you know, chewing the scenery uh, with the light. It was really fun watching two characters who just actively dislike each other not trying to hide that in the slightest and trying to score points off each other as they went. So I thought the, the dynamic ended up working quite well and was uh, you know, a lot of fun. I agree. I enjoyed Tatiana in this episode. When, you know, she was sort of, in essence, a kind of just um, straightforward villain the couple times that we saw her before. So, you know, we had that moment where she was, uh, in essence, interrogating Sophie, but we haven't really gotten sort of like a full painted picture of who she is. And uh, seeing her in this episode, it was really nice. Um, you know, the, the reveals, some of them were kind of, um, as, as I said, you know, we, we sort of 
figured it out. Uh, but uh, the way that the writers wrote it, especially with Tatiana being so righteous and like, uh, you know, come on, it's right in front of your face, and don't you know, and you know, haven't you figured it out? Like, she was, she was fun. Let's see. So, okay, so we'll put a button on um, at, at the end of, of this uh, with the storyline. Um, okay. So by the end of it, she's gotten all this information. Uh, she's provided the fake body that has, uh, you know, an ocean's face on it. And, and that's her ticket to get to Coriana before she leaves, because she's going to get picked up by Tatiana to be taken to Coriana. It all rhymes. Uh, she goes to Ocean, and now that she has provided him with this brand new information, there is a moment where Alice hopes that he remembers, I guess. Uh, you know, she has been told all this stuff about Ocean, and uh, the advice that he was giving her, and the fact that he was willing to give her a second chance to start all over, to create this new life together, you know, run off into the sunset with uh, Desert Rose and, you know, I don't know, go to the Maldives or something. It looked like she was hoping that Ocean, you know, as he's talking about, well, there's this bar here, I guess I can go there, and there's uh, the other. Um, it looked like she was hoping that he would be like, you know, come with me or something like that. Or or a smoochy smooch or something. I don't know what she was hoping for. But there was that hope in the eye. And, and then when he was just like, well, I guess good luck on your revenge thingy. And he he was like, deuces. And, and you could see that she got crushed a little bit. Did you see that, Professor? Like, what do you think Alice was hoping? Oh, I think, you know, the way they played it, she was hoping he'd say, come with me. Or that, you know, he would, you know, help her out. Um, because, you know, as you said... You know, she she may not remember, but she now knows what happened between them and that there was that connection that exists. But he doesn't know that, um, you know, so, um, uh, you know, it, it kind of makes sense for him to sort of have that, you know, uh, residual attraction to her, uh, you know, a, a sense of chemistry or something like that. But he doesn't have the the knowledge, uh, you know, of, of who she is or anything like that uh, to him. Yeah, and, and, you know, we don't know that she told him the whole story or anything like that. Uh, she did tell him about Enigma. I guess she probably told him a little bit about that. Uh, but, you know, sort of intellectually knowing it is is very different from feeling it. So it kind of made sense. But, yeah, I agree with you that I think she was sort of hoping that. And, and one could argue that she was hoping that, you know, maybe that would be, you know, uh, her cue to turn away from vengeance. And if she had, it would have been, you know, the worst cliche in the universe. And, and I would have, you know, uh, crapped all over it. But, uh, you know, I think she was sort of hoping for that out that, uh, you know, uh, someone would believe in her and she could go off and, and, and try to forget that. But uh, I, I don't think that would have been on the table. Uh, it, it would have been very cheap. Now, that said, you know, I, I doubt that we've seen the last of Ocean. She knows where he is and he knows what's going on. And um, I, I suspect he'll probably be back in some form. I do agree with you on that. I feel like we haven't seen the last of Ocean. Now, whether it's this season or next season. I mean, I think it's all dependent on how many actual episodes we have this season. CW, please release how many episodes each of these shows have this season. It, it'd be nice to know. But I'm just, I'm, I'm asking. Millie, do you have anything else to add in regards to Ocean and uh, Alice? Um, no, I, I co-signed with everything that was said. I think for me, in terms of that read, I was a little bit like, they went that route and like she suddenly expected him to, to believe it. So um, I was a little bit like, okay, come on, Alice. But otherwise, um, 
I agree. It's not the last of him. So it'll be interesting to see when he gets his memories back and how all that will affect the dynamic between the two. Okay. I I agree with all of that. I, I do wonder if they both will go on that journey together of, uh, you know, just wanting to remember the past or, or, or not. I don't know. We'll have to stay tuned, wait and see, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so a storyline that they got rid of really fast in this episode, and I wasn't sure if we were going to get something larger with this, but uh, the doctors. Remember the doctors we were introduced to in the previous episode that were performing the experiments, Hamilton, the little side clinic, and all that kind of stuff with um, amygdala and all that stuff? They're all dead. Um, you know, we had this this really fascinating story with um with uh with Jacob and Sophie like hunting them down to like get the uh the map and that sort of thing and and like they all they were all kind of dead what was really interesting about the story for me about it like the biggest takeaway was the ghost of Catherine in this episode like for for a character that's been dead for like a year <laughs> It was crazy how much she was mentioned in this episode. I didn't really discuss it, but like she was mentioned a whole lot in the flashback with Alice. She was mentioned a lot here with Jacob and Sophie. And uh, in essence, it was like, oh, you know, more of Catherine's secrets and this, that, or the other. Uh, throughout the Alice thing, it was really, you know, Alice going hard uh, in the past with Sophia and Ocean of like, well, she took away my family and this, that, or the other. But by the end of the episode, we had Jacob sort of coming to an understanding within himself as to why Catherine more than likely, uh, I don't know what the right term is, you know, uh, I guess made him realize that Beth was gone because of what he's currently experiencing. You know, the fact that every day he wakes up, you know, kind of with hope and then he's crushed by the end of the night and, and he has to like relive that day to day to day to day. So there was there was an interesting bit of almost catharsis with that in Jacob's story. Um, but to follow along with what he was doing, when they get to the offices, the the doctors have been slaughtered, and uh, they don't even find the map. Just a note from Sophia that basically uh, told them uh, the episode title. What did we think of this storyline? What do we think of the usage of Catherine in this episode. Uh, we got to see a couple of dead moms in this episode. We'll be talking about the other one when we chat about Ryan. But what was what was what do we think of the specter of Catherine in this episode? I'll start off with you, Millie. I like that it's being explored because I think it was something that kind of fell off real quick last season. Um, like I said, it was like a year since we really talked about her, so it's strange. But it makes sense that now that. Kate's gone and we can kind of focus on this um, and it's clearly she's up to some shady stuff so I think it, it provides a lot of opportunity to explore different storylines and I think um, it is interesting to see the the hostility that Jacob has because we don't really see their interaction a lot so I think it's interesting that he's holding all this hostility from her actions that he's now dealing with um, but I feel like it gives him more of a storyline than just trying to find Kate which we feel like might be a fruitful endeavor or a not very fruitful endeavor there so I think there's a lot to work with um and then it also gives a lot I think for Mary and gives more just more depth to her characters that we love um and I think it, it works because we don't really we're not connected so you can go ahead and smear her name and and we're not too too upset if you know her character just becomes worse and worse as we find out new stuff yeah that was it, it's interesting because um I do wonder how much of this is the writers trying to sort of give um, 
some of these uh, companies out there sort of an out now. You know, oh, it was Catherine all along, and this, that, or the other. Um, I wonder if the character were still alive, if any of this would still sort of be the case. Uh, because at the end of the day, how much, you know, she might have been the figurehead of Hamilton Dynamics, but, like, how much did she know about everything? I mean, it's not like she could really... Does she, was she in control of everything? I don't know. Um, it, it's it's interesting, the fact that they've uh, used her name so much this season, and uh, we're getting sort of, like, the um, the full rundown of everything that at least Hamilton Dynamics has been involved with. Professor, what about you? Your take on how they used Catherine in this episode as uh, sort of like this looming shadow of, you know, just, uh, you know, not not a threat, but uh, just giving us a little bit more intel on what she was up to, or at least what Hamilton Dynamics was up to. What did you think of uh, Jacob's realization at the end? Well, I thought it was very interesting that they would reintroduce Catherine in that way. It, it almost, I mean, we know she's dead. She's very, very dead. But it seems the way that she's they reintroduce the character's dead. name in order, in order to remind you of them because they're going to bring that character back. Um, because it was kind of interesting in that we found out not only that, you know, the, the shady stuff she was doing on the side, but really the whole Alice thing is her fault as well because she screwed Sophia on that business deal, which is why Sophia stole the yacht that Alice was on. So if Catherine hadn't screwed Sophia on that deal, Alice would never become Alice. Um, so, you know, like for her, them to bring her up in those two ways in the one episode uh, really made it feel like th- there has to be more there to, to the Catherine story. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that they, they chose to, to bring it up in that way and, and, you know, tire to both of the, uh, the, the two themes that are going on there. Um, uh, as for Jacob's realization, you know, that sort of, you know, gutted that whole, you know, uh, the realization of, of, you know, Catherine's, you know, general evilness with him realizing, oh, he she did it to uh, so that I wouldn't have to go through that. Now, did she or or was it perhaps more maligned? I don't know. Uh, I, I can't see why they would reintroduce her character uh, unless they're they're going to do something with maybe, you know, now that, you know, to give Sophie and uh uh, and Jacob, something to do would be, you know, perhaps looking into uh, Catherine's nefarious past or something like that, because it does seem like right now they got nothing to do. Um, you know, Alice isn't in town for them to hunt. Uh, you know, they can't find Coriana. Um, you know, all their, you know, uh, all their leads have turned into dead ends, quite literally, in the case of that room full of dead people. And, uh, you know, it, it, I do wonder, you know, what else they've got to do. So I'm, I'm wondering whether maybe that's a reason for reintroducing Catherine, because I can't really understand why they would bother doing it otherwise. Yeah, it was interesting. It's like, um, cause she is dead. Like, as you mentioned, she's dead, dead. I mean, it isn't like the type of ambiguous dead that we've had in the CW verse in the past, where they can actually bring her back. Um, she she was dead, dead, dead. She, she was poisoned. And there was no antidote. Because her daughter, Mary, took it all. Well, you know, took the, the bit that... It was just for one person, is what I'm saying. So it's like, they can't bring her back. So it's like they're besmirching her for, like, no reason. Um, and I, I didn't really fully understand that. Um, and, and then for him, just to to realize what I th- what we had all realized. Like, we had discussed this when it happened, like when we saw the flashback and that sort of thing. It never looked like Catherine was um, being nefarious 
when she was like, you know, let's move on. I know that she had the skull fragments and that kind of thing, and so she made it seem like they had found her, and then we found out the truth. But even when we found out the truth, I mean, it never really seemed like she was doing it, like, let's say she was a coal digger, and she wanted to, you know, um, embed herself with the family so that she can bed him and then get married to him, and then she'd have all of the the Kane megabucks, you know, as if, you know, and that sort of thing. It it never seemed like that. It looked like she was just a woman. Like, they were friends. They were friendly, you know, and, and she wanted to help him move on because it, it had been a year. So I do like that he came to the that realization by himself, but everything else just, it, it was muddy water, and I don't know why it was that muddy. Like, I still, I don't really understand why Sophia had to be connected to Catherine and Hamilton dynamics. Like, does Sophia have a connection to Gotham? Like, I would think not. Like, so it just, it seemed a little weird. Okay, so before we get into Ryan, uh, there is something that I just thought of with Sophia's storyline. We got a little bit of intel as far as Coriana which um, it, it made it seem uh, a little, and I, I don't know how to pronounce this place, Themyscira? Is that how you pronounce it? From Wonder Woman? Themyscira. Themyscira. It seemed a little Themyscira-ish. Yeah, but I mean, we, we sort of had that feeling before uh, when uh, Alice went there earlier, but I think the backstory to it of, you know, the group of women leaving and, you know, the army of women fighting off the men did make it feel much more like, you know, uh, an Amazon enclave. That's kind of why I was surprised, you know, really when we saw Ocean there. Uh, you know, uh, I thought it was going to be a much more matriarchal society. I was surprised to see that there was, you know, uh, him in a position of some authority on the island. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it did feel uh, a little bit like that. And also, you know, like as she was – even as she was talking about, you know, the uh, uh, the Desert Rose, she was talking about, you know, the, uh, the blood with, you know, the feminine energy uh, and all of that. Um, it was interesting though because we were specifically told by um, by Sophia that you needed basically women's blood to uh, make the flower bloom, and then we saw a demonstration of that. And then like Ocean was like, "Well, I'm going to take these flowers and I'm going to give it my blood," and I'm like, "Do you think it's going to bloom?" <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I was like, "Oh, poor Ocean." I guess with Alice's blood, if they were going to run off together to. Um, wherever um you know i guess maybe that's how it would have happened okay so moving right along to ryan interestingly enough uh, even though ryan was the b storyline in this episode there was a lot to the storyline because ryan was going everywhere even though she was in essence near death like i loved when um when mary was just reading off well she's going through this she's going through that she's going through the other and yet we see her we see her being Ryan going everywhere, you know, in these sort of um, final moments. And I'm putting final moments in air quotes of, of her life. Um, so uh, Ryan is struggling. The kryptonite has hit her brain. She is hallucinating. And she has convinced herself that if she is going to die, she is going to kill Alice. Because, you know, she's not going to leave this earth without any sort of revenge, retribution, um, making Alice pay, and all that kind of stuff uh, with what happened to her mother, Cora. So, the first thing that I want to talk about, I mean, I have to just 
forgive Ryan because she was in a weakened state and uh, she was also hallucinatory. But the fact that Ryan showed up at Angelique's and was speaking to her very personable when she is Batwoman and also the fact that she sees that Angelique has um, has a little, you know, I don't even call it a side piece because it's not like she's with um, Ryan. I mean, she's moved on to a new chick that calls her Angie. Um, and then she also gets kicked and falls. I mean, it's like it's like a whole thing. Uh, what did we think of this moment? Um, this was a moment with Angelique. Did we need this in the episode? Was this Ryan being a little too sloppy, even though she is, um, you know, she's she's having her own health crisis? Can we forgive her for that, Professor? I guess we can forgive her because it worked, and it doesn't seem that Angelique actually recognized her. Um and, and, you know, from her point of view, you know, if she is thinking to herself, OK, I'm going to die. So what does it matter if someone finds out I was Batwoman if I'm just going to die? Um, what bothers me more is, uh, you know, uh, you know, Luke and Mary letting her escape because, um, you know, so she's lying there on the cot, you know, drenched in sweat, near death and everything like that. They go off for a brief confab and she takes off in the Batmobile. OK, I can kind of accept that. But then we cut to her and she's fully in costume in the Batmobile, yeah. which means she had time to get fully suited up get in the Batmobile and drive away before Luke and Mary noticed anything. Um, I'd expect a little better from the, uh, the Scooby squad. I do agree with you on that. And that was a lot. And the fact that she was in pain, like, I just, I don't even know how she did it. I I guess I'm a weakling. Like I I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, Millie was, what's your take on it? Do you agree with the professor? Do you, do you think that's sort of what motivated, um, Ryan to go to Angelique and uh, I guess the biggest you know sort of wrinkle in this Ryan seeing that Angelique has moved on yeah that was an interesting tidbit I was like mm, I mean I don't trust her anyway so it's <laughs> that's <laughs> funny she's moved on that quickly but uh, it now is, you even it, trust her it, less <laughs> um, yeah clearly Ryan's still hung up on her, and so I feel bad for Ryan, especially showing up like that's where she goes, and she's you know being possessed by Pip's nice to the ex-girlfriend that's obviously you know has not been a good influence. Um, so I hope it doesn't turn into another like dragged on ex-lover situation, and and Ryan finds some clarity there um, after this near-death experience. I agree with you on that. I hope Angelique is just a this season situation. I hope this is not something dragged out. Because Ryan does not need to be involved with any of that. Let's just be real. Yeah. So the kryptonite is causing hallucinations. And those hallucinations are of her mother. And we get a hallucination that's in Ryan's mind. Where we see her confronting Alice and her Wonderland gang. And in the hallucination, we even see uh, Ryan actually killing Alice. Like, she stabs. I mean, it was, um, I think Jigsaw would have been proud of that stabation of the situation. In the real world, all of this inspires uh, Ryan to hunt Alice down to kill her, as I mentioned. Uh, we also got flashes of, of Ryan's mother where we'd see that... Um, that Ryan was hallucinating her and like next to her and talking to her and that kind of thing. 
So Ryan finally finds Alice, and uh, she there's this confrontation. She's like, "Do you know me? Do you remember me?" And she ends up taking off her cowl and shows Alice who she is. And like, do you remember? And in essence, Alice is like, do you really think I'm going to remember everybody that I murdered? And that sort of thing. Which, you know, I guess. It was, what was it, six years ago? 2015 is what she said. Um, Yeah, so they get into a fight. Uh, There was a fantastic line from Alice of something like, you know, so I inspired two bad people. I mean, hey. And uh, she does end up getting Alice into a chokehold. And it looks like it's actually kind of working. But then her mom, Cora, appears and is basically like, I didn't raise you like this. Who have you become? And that allows Ryan to let go. And she basically calls Alice a monster and like, why are you like this? And Alice now, you know, now that she knows a little bit as to why she's become who she is, she was like, you know, it, it really wasn't her fault, even though Ryan's like, it was your fault. A couple things that we can talk about here. Number one, what do we think of the usage of Ryan's mom in this episode? Uh, because we got a, a lot of her in this episode sort of sprinkled around. What did we think of the confrontation between Alice and Ryan? And probably the biggest thing that I think I had a problem with, kind of, is uh, the fact that she revealed herself to Alice. Maybe we can blame the fact that she's dying, and I'm using dying in air quotes. Uh, but I, I was just like, Ugh, really, Ryan? Millie, explain it for me. Um, I'm in the confused camp like you are. When she did that, I was like, that's, like, reveal yourself to a crazy person. That's a smart idea. I know. No, bueno. Um, you're not Barry Allen. <laughs> Um, but I do have to give points that, like, you know, she's not, you know, ripping off her cow for everybody, like Barry Allen did occasionally at the beginning. So she's a little better in that count. But I think it's definitely going to bite her in the back down the road. Now that psychotic Alice knows that. Uh, so it'll be interesting. And I, I still I get it. But at the same time, it's like, well, really, I understand that she's consumed by the hurt and revenge but like mm-hmm. you said was, this Alice is a serial killer she really going to remember her mom um, so that was a little bit kind of tropey I think in that sense of like you, you'll you come to my revenge and things like that but I do enjoy the use of Ryan's mom I think that's kind of a big barrier in terms of her being Batwoman um, because she wants to kill Alice and she has this need that like revenge equals death and I think we see that juxtaposed in the competition she has with Mary where it's like as Batwoman like that can't be your means to end and so um, I think for her to to fully become the quote-unquote superhero, she needs to come to terms with her mom. So I like how we get to see that in her headspace. Yeah, I did like the usage of the mom as well. Uh, I think the only thing that I can use to explain away why Ryan did it, and I don't know if the professor was sort of thinking the same thing, is that, um, well, number one, you're not supposed to do it because she is a psychopath. You know, psychopaths. Like, she's nuts. She's a psychopath. She wears the psychopants. She's psychopathic. She's, uh, you know, she's just... Why? Like, why, 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 why? Why are you doing this? You know, why are you revealing yourself to Alice, of all people? But I think the only way that they can kind of get away with it on this show is that, unlike on some of the other CW-verse shows, I don't think it really matters per se, because Ryan, in essence in the larger scheme of things, is a nobody. Like, she's not Oliver Queen. 
you know, if Oliver Queen had been revealed as the Green Arrow early on, which, I mean, there were many times when, when he was associated with the Green Arrow, but he kept on denying it. Like, that was a big damn deal. Kate Kane, someone that's, um, you know, known in the city and, and that sort of thing, like, that would have been a big deal. I'm trying to think of who else in the Arrowverse. Uh, well, clearly, uh, Clark Kent and Superman. I think that would be sort of a big deal as well. Um, let's see, who else? Um, uh, I think those are all, like, the big, rich... Oh, oh, well, actually, um, Jefferson Pierce over on Black Lightning. Him being revealed as Black Lightning. That would be a big deal. Because it's just Ryan Wilder, you know, barkeep of, at, you know, random bar. Like, I don't know if, if that's a huge deal, per se, to, like, let's say Alice, and is are you agreeing with that, Professor? What's your take on the fact that uh, Alice, not Alice, um, that Ryan revealed herself to Alice? And what do you think that means moving forward? Yeah, it reminds me there was a joke, I think it was in Justice League Unlimited, where Lex Luthor is trying to transfer his mind into Superman's body so he can find it a secret entity and accidentally ends up in the Flash's body. So he says, well, at least I can find her who the Flash is. So he takes off the mask and goes, I have no idea who this is. Um, because, let's uh, face it, who would know who Barry Allen is? No one. You know, Barry Allen is not a famous person. Uh, same with uh, with Ryan. I think it, it, it wouldn't matter if she were outed or if, if Alice remembers or is paying enough attention to care uh, about the name. Um uh, because, you know, she isn't that significant a person to Alice. She's not a famous. She could, you know, have shown her face. As long as she, I mean, she showed her face and didn't say her name. Uh, you know, the odds of her running to Alice in the bar are pretty slim. So I don't think it matters as much. But I, I think, you know, getting back to what, uh, what Millie was saying, um, you know, I think it was – uh, you know, combination of, you know, she was convinced that, you know, she, sorry, pronouns, um, Ryan was convinced that she was going to die, so it didn't matter anymore. You know, so and she wanted, you know, to make sure that Alice knew who was going to be doing this to her, because in the moment when she saw Alice and realized, you know, and it's convinced she's going to die, she just thought to herself, well, I'm going to take this one down with me as well, but I'm going to do it with my own face. So, you know, in a certain way, it's sort of like getting around the whole Batwoman doesn't kill. But Ryan, by taking off the mask, it's sort of like the, the cliche of a, a cop taking off his badge and his gun, you know, to fight the bad guy. Well, I'm no longer a police officer, so we'll just fight it out mano a mano mm -hmm. or woman -y. Mm -hmm. uh, Womany. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't know the. Uh, yeah, help me out here. What's the Spanish for woman that I could do a? Well, mano, uh, mano it doesn't mano. mean man. Mano is means hands. Yeah. Mano, mano. I love it. My lack of Spanish. Uh, I was yes. actually. I should have known that because in French, man is hand. Um, getting up to that point, something I wanted to to mention was the the hallucination scenes. I thought were very very effective. Um, you know, mm -hmm. they felt tonally very different from the rest of the episode. Uh, it was like straight out horror at times. Uh, you know, very interestingly shot. And and just, uh, you know, very creative and like super gross, like where she mm -hmm. was, you know, doing her mom's hair and, and then the blood. Oh, God, that was like I was literally looking away from that because it was so gross. Um, so I thought, you know, very effective and, and, you know, giving us these hallucinations to show us just how far Ryan has been pushed. Um, you know, and the fact that in her hallucination, she was capable of killing Alice. But in the real world, she didn't because, you know, the memory of her mom her through. And I think that was important, too, because, you know, they they had the idea that, you know, earlier in the season uh, with Luke and Mary insisting Batwoman doesn't kill. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's one thing to have the rest of the team, you know, insist you can't kill, you can't kill. But for her to realize that it's something internal, it's something from her mom, something she uh, she she was grown with uh, to be this person, uh, I think is more important. And I do like that uh, uh, that she got to that point. Um 
I'm kind of with Luke, though, you know, uh, you know, apprehend, apprehend is good, too. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, obviously, Ryan was in no condition to do that, uh, you know, which, uh, you know, again, sort of gave the excuse for the villain to to escape, uh, even though it was necessary for story purposes, because she has to go to Coriana. Uh, but, you know, the fact that that Ryan, you know, wasn't so much pain and, and was barely able to, uh, uh, you know, to to fight sort of made sense that that Alice would escape. But it did, you know, it was interesting because Alice has just learned that, you know, she's the way she is because someone has been manipulating her. And then this person from her past shows up, you know, shouting, you killed my mom. Um, and, uh, you know, Alice, of course, has no memory of this. And, and by the way, um, if we think back to, you know, that first episode and, and I pointed out at the time, it wasn't that Alice killed her mom. It was Alice's gang. Alice showed up after the gang had done the killing and basically said, what the hell are you doing? This is a mistake. Let's get out of here um, now. Technically, Alice did create the gang. So, you know, it, it's ultimately her responsibility, but it's not as personal a responsibility. And um, uh, I wonder if they were trying to keep her hands a little clean at that point, uh, in, you know, just to uh, to make it possible for, you know, the possibility of redemption arc later. I okay. doubt that Ryan will ever come, you know, much as we talk about, you know, the possible redemption of Alice. I can't see Ryan ever seeing Alice as, you know, a true ally or anything like that. But uh, I do think that, you know, it was done like that for a reason. I do wonder, though, with, with that last point, if that's something that could change with time. I mean, it really, I think it depends on how they do an Alice Redemption. And we've been talking about an Alice Redemption since maybe halfway through season one. And that's because we really like Rachel Scarston. We really like Alice. Uh, we, we enjoyed her as Beth. So we've been kind of hoping for an Alice redemption for so long now. And I feel like this was the episode where we finally have potentially a reasonable, real, plausible, believable uh, way, you know, path to redemption. And I think we have one that could actually make sense. Uh, we would just need all of the characters, in essence, to really get a greater understanding as to what Alice went through and how she became a weapon for Sophia or a weapon um, created by Sophia. Uh, and I think if all of the characters are brought up to speed and we do have Alice, in essence, deprogrammed, we might be able to get Red Alice from the comics, which might be interesting. And, and, and I think Ryan is the type of person that can understand change, I think. I mean, she keeps on hoping for that with uh, Angelique. I think she's the type of person that could, especially if she does get the... Um, a bit, a bit more of the intel that, that you were saying, Professor, that it was, if she remembers, it was the gang, it wasn't necessarily Alice, and that sort of thing. Um, we might be able to, I'm not saying this is going to happen next week, so let me just say that right now. I'm not saying this is going to happen by the end of the season, but if they do want to go in the direction of Red Alice, they've clearly um, at least nudged the door open with this episode. Any thoughts from either of you about that? Just an, an, a potential Alice redemption. Well, it's a bit of a parallel with, you know, Winter Soldier over on, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You have someone who, you oh, know, yeah. was partially programmed, um, you know, to do bad things. You know, to what extent are they Beth's responsibility? To what extent is it, you know, the function of the hypnosis? And how, if they did, you know, undo the hypnosis 
I think the redemption of her might be trickier for her than for the other characters dealing with her. That is true. Yeah. So we're on our way to Coriana, y'all. Um, pack your bags. Uh, because as the professor mentioned, uh, we, we have a tracker on Alice. Uh, somehow Ryan was able to put it in, in her boots. Assuming Alice doesn't change her boots before the trip. Oh, yes, that is true. <laughs> that is funny. Um, yeah. Uh, so, allegedly, we're going to Coriana. Uh, all of us. Uh, we're going to get a desert rose. We're finally going to cure Ryan. Um, yeah, I mean, Ryan is in hella bad shape. Uh, yeah, I love that she got offended when Luke was like, man, that thing's starting to smell. <laughs> She's like, hey. Uh, yeah, Ugh, it was all grody and nasty and ugh. Um, was there anything that I missed before we get into the MVP? A teeny tiny little moment. Uh, I know we really, really didn't talk about Luke and Mary. Um, they did have some small moments. Uh, I know that there was a, a line from Sophie. I think her most important line in the episode was the fact that, um, A, she confirmed to Jacob that she knew about the clinic. Um, B, she supported Mary in regards to the clinic, even though Jacob was still very anti-clinic um, in this episode. But see, the line that I think that was the most important was um, when she uh, talked about um, the fact that Jacob needs to actually chat with uh, Mary. Like, have you spoken to her? You need to talk to her. So was there anything else that stood out, a teeny tiny moment? Two things. I kind of like the fact that, uh, you know, Jacob explained why he shut down uh, the clinic so strongly because, you know, again, uh, a Catherine effect. I just wanted to loop back briefly to the redemption of Alice arc. Um, you know, we've been talking, you know, what would Alice have to do in order to achieve redemption or, you know, prove herself as a team? How about bringing back the desert rose for, uh, for Ryan? How else are they going to get it? And if they've sort of set up, that's the only way to save our, our titular hero. If the bad guy does that, that would be an interesting, and it would also put, you know, the team in an interesting situation that, you know, the supposed bad guy saved them. You know, uh, you know, if you're looking for, you know, the sort of gesture that uh, that Alice could make uh, to demonstrate that, you know, I'm not the bad guy that I was, you can't do much better than that. True. My hope, and, and it's something that I wish that they would have done in this episode, uh, but they didn't, is if um, she she had realized or she had somehow, if, if Ryan in her sort of hallucinatory kind of way had sort of said, you know, I'm dying uh, or something, because um, that would have helped sort of maybe trigger Alice for bringing a, a Desert Rose. So so she has to kind of learn that uh, within the next episode or however long she's going to be in Coriana for her to bring back the flower for Ryan. Um, let's see if that can happen, because that would clearly be a, a step in the right direction for Alice. Um, all right. Anything else before we head into the MVP? Okay, let's get into it. So the MVP, the most valuable player, state which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again, so choose wisely. Millie has been conspicuously quiet, so we'll start off with her. Oh, that's a hard one. I think there's some super solid performances. Also, a side note, when I was like thinking about MVP, I was like, it's really awesome how many like really strong female characters there are. Like going mm-hmm. through the list, it's pretty much all there is. I'm just like good on Batwoman. Um, with that said, I have to give my MVP to Ryan. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, her performance and just like us seeing her in pain, but also in the like hallucinations, as the professor mentioned, like it's such a different style. You can really see it. And then that awesome fight between Alice 
and herself as well. I think um, it really kind of gave us a lot more depth to the character that we're loving so much this season. So definitely have to give it to Ryan. Very good choice. And I agree with what you said, uh, Millie. I mean, would we have said that a year ago? Probably not as with Ruby Rose as um, Batwoman. Um, just sort of thinking back on it. Um, so props to the writers for really, you know, just uh, really just turning that ship around and uh, just crafting some really strong female characters. Uh, Professor, what about you? Who's your MVP? Well, you know my rule. It's, it's always going to be Alice unless there's a reason not to choose Alice. Um, you know, Rachel Scarson was great in this episode. She got to play various versions of herself. She got to play, you know, her younger self. She got to play, you know, her, you know, uh, you know, dealing with the anger before she became Alice. So we understand that there is a core of anger there, but it wasn't directed at her entire family. It was, you know, an, an anger directed at Catherine. We got an understanding of how that was warped and twisted. Um, and also just, you know, man, just throwing shade like nobody's business uh both to tatiana and to uh to ryan uh she was great uh you know she's uh, you know as i say you know I, I i do hope that they find some way of, of redeeming her at least partially because you know we have to keep her around she is uh week in week out the best part of the show another great choice i'm going with a surprising choice just because i'm surprised that i'm even picking her because she seemed like such a one note type of side character when she premiered at the start of the season and I was just impressed with her uh, as the perfect foil for Alice. I'm going to give it to Tatiana. I loved what she brought to the show in this episode. Her acting was on point. Um, the moments when she thought she got the upper hand um, on on Alice uh, were, was fantastic. And, and then she was sort of had the crushing blow of like, oh, you really think that's what it is? And then later on, though, when she did deliver that crushing blow to Alice. Uh, I mean, it was just beautiful. I enjoyed Tatiana this episode. Now let's rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 bat signals? The point system is allowed. If you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may archive the episode in the bat cave. Let's start off with the professor. Uh, hmm. You know what? Overall, a very satisfying, enjoyable episode, uh, you know, that managed to move the plot forward and introduce some some new ideas. Uh, it didn't blow me away by any stretch of the imagination, but I thought it was it was really good. Uh, I'll give it eight. All right. We got an eight from the professor. Millie, what about you? I really enjoy this episode. I like how I feel like the past few episodes, we've just been given a lot and they've been in like 50,000 directions. So I like how there's like three solid uh, plots that were distinct but kind of connected together. Um, and they really kind of explored in different ways that we haven't seen. Um, so it's really enjoyable um, and really great performance for everyone. So I'll have to give it 8.3. All right. I love that Millie uses the decimal points. It's spectacular. So we've got an 8 and an 8.3. I'm going to give it an 8. I will co-sign with the professor. I, I thought it was a solid hour of television. We got some interesting information. Um, I, I, in the back of my mind, I just, I keep on wondering what this season would have looked like had they have done the Superman and Lois crossover, because I feel like the Superman and Lois crossover would have fixed Ryan's kryptonite problem. So he would not have had, um, the, the need for the desert rose for Ryan, so, uh, yeah, in the back of my mind, I just keep on wondering, because I feel like everything from, like, last the last episode that we saw in this week's episode was, like, rewritten, you know, re-just um, scrapped, you know, whatever they had planned was completely scrapped, and they had to just figure out how to fix Ryan without consultation 
uh, from the Man of Steel. That's what I think. Um, but yeah, it was another solid hour of uh, Batwoman. So on that note, to join us next time for a brand new installment of the Gotham City Gazette, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for the Gotham City Gazette and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with Millie Wood. Good night, listeners. If you want to follow along, I'm on Twitter as at the Asian Nerd. And the professor. Good night, Gotham. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Gotham City Gazette every Tuesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio archives. Good night.